Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the top 10 of anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. From the very un-PC sitcoms of the 70s and 80s to the laugh trackless fare of the 90s and noughties, sitcoms have come in all genres and flavors both sides of the atlantic with my mum fucking <laughs> with your mum <laughs> what's going yeah. on damn covid with memorable characters and classic catchphrases we all <laughs> love a great sitcom and here's our fact hunter neil with 10 facts about sitcoms the plonker thank you very much pav so alfonso ribeiro carlton banks said the Carlton dance from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was inspired by the White Man dance in Eddie Murphy's Delirious video and Courtney Cox in the Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark video. What a plonker. What a plonker. <laughs> Rain Wilson, Dwight Schrute, auditioned for the role of Michael Scott. Aha! <laughs> Cleese based the show... Um, Faulty Towers on a real talky hotel he once stayed at, run by Donald and Beatrice Sinclair, and was called the Glen Eagles Hotel. Aha! <laughs> Only Fools and Horses holds the record for the most viewers for a sitcom with a whopping 24.3 million. The episode was Time on Our Hands at Christmas 1996. What a plonker! What a plonker! One of the Friends' original titles was Insomnia Cafe, also considered was Across the Hall and Six of One and Friends Like These. Are you doing? Hugh Laurie originally auditioned for the part of Lister in Red Dwarf. Pretty, 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 pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Smith of Doctor Who fame actually auditioned to play Will in the Inbetweeners and made it down to the last two. That's what she said. <laughs> the leading characters are named after serial killers in Gavin and Stacey. Gavin's surname is Shipman after the GP who murdered hundreds of his patients, while Stacey's name is West after Fred and Rose. And another character who appeared in the five episodes as a friend of the Shipman family is Peter Sutcliffe. I know nothing. 
Gordon the janitor, who pops up in a few episodes of The Office and silently stares into the camera for an uncomfortable amount of time, is played by Stephen Merchant's dad, Ron. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) And casual viewers of Mr. Bean might be convinced that the only real info they have on the character is his last name, but this isn't the case. We can see him writing it in the series, and in the movie you see his passport. And his first name is Mr. Yes, it's Mr. Bean. Thank you, Neil. There we are. My Thank pleasure. you. We've made a rip-roaring start to this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome uh, one and all to uh, Top 10 Sitcoms. We thought no one better than uh, the person who joined us for our very first episode. He's not only uh, an expert on sweets, he is also an expert <laughs> on sitcoms. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Ross the Boss Carpenter is here again. Yay! Right, thank you. Happy New Year. Happy, yeah, thank you very much. Happy New Year to you both as well. So uh, I would have to say that this has been... So what number episode is this? This is episode number 23. This has been the hardest one for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's very first hard. My list had around about 30 different shows on. Uh, and to whittle them down to 10 was oh, the hardest... Yeah, the hardest. I was going to say, was that the same sort of thing for you, Ross? Yeah, definitely. I had. <clears throat> I mean, there's, there's. You're looking through them, and you're just uh, trying to find the list. I had the original list, and there's. Yeah, there's probably about thirty-five, forty here, and you're looking at all of them, and every single one of them, you think that could be in the top ten. Yeah. It, on its own merits, if, and and it, I remember when I was younger, um, just before I went to uni, I always classed uh, Porridge, Red Dwarf and Only Fools and Horses as the, the three best programs. If I started watching them, you become so invested in mm. whichever one it is that at that moment, that is the best one you've ever seen. That comedy. And I'm not going to say whether or not they're in my uh, top 10, but throughout time, every single comedy that I watch, you get invested. Once you get invested in the characters, especially if you binge watch a DVD's worth or two DVD's worth or a Netflix you know, box set worth, whatever, you just think this is, I can't not have this one in, but yeah. it's incredible. So it's so mm. difficult. It's yeah. very hard to choose, isn't it? And next week, it'll probably be a different list altogether. Yeah. The <laughs> other thing is, is also working out what criteria, because there are certain series that I've got in my top 10 and ones that weren't in my top 10, whereas you could pick five or six or three or four of the series as absolutely perfect TV. But then there'll be a couple of series that weren't quite as good yeah does that does that affect your whole you know placing because of that i don't know it did in certain circumstances for me but then other circumstances it didn't where so i'm not really particularly consistent which is not good for a top 10 uh, podcast <laughs> but um yeah. yeah so i'm interested i'm i'm definitely interested in uh in your guys choices so we will start with you ross for number 10 Right. Well, <clears throat> my number 10 is, in fact, Red Dwarf. And that is actually one of those ones where um, the there were really great series and then it just wasn't rated very highly after that. So up until, uh, when was it, 1998? No, no maybe about Series 8 anyway, I think 99. Series 8, up until then, just loved it. And I, I got into it really late, so I didn't actually watch the first series until I think um, 
Paramount channel or Dave or something when I had cable, uh, it had like the box sets of them and I recorded them onto VHS and would watch them. And, um, and I think so I kind of went through like a whole bank holiday weekend just watching nothing but Red Dwarf. And that's one of those ones where at that moment it was the best comedy, you know, mm. that, that, that gets my number one at that point. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird because I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like the opposite of you. I watched series one. And then didn't watch any more after that. <laughs> I just seem to like just not, you know, another series on. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, as much as we, I think we lied to Chris Barry when we spoke to him at the, the comic. Well, I was a fan. I was a bit similar to Ross. It, it's an honorable mention to me because it just didn't quite make it. But I think it was a sublime and comedy, you know, sitcom. It was, like Ross said, it had some of the funniest things put mm. to screen that you'll ever see and it still holds up i was gonna say has it aged well that one because i know that's another thing with a lot of these comedies because you've got comedies going back 40 you know i mean i suppose 50 years if you like yeah. you think we're in 2022 20, now so we're looking at the 70s that some of them don't particularly age very well and some of them are not very pc obviously i mean it'd be interesting how many of those we'll have in our top tens but take take men behaving badly which was 1993 I, I loved it at the time. I it was, did. Yeah. You know, uh, at the time, it was probably one of the edgier comedies. And um, and then I watched it when it was put on Netflix. Well, I had the DVDs and I watched the DVDs quite happily, loved them. But I watched it on Netflix and I thought, oh, wow, this is terrible. It's so poor. And it it just kind of, you know, I can't watch it ever again because yeah. uh, I don't want to don't ruin the rest of what remains of its integrity and then. And, uh, it was right in the middle of that whole lad culture yeah. thing, wasn't it? And and Britpop and all of that kind of stuff. That yeah, yeah. I'm 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 exactly. I used to love that. I mean, I had a massive crush on Caroline Quinton anyway. But um, <laughs> yeah. no, I did seriously. I did. <laughs> um, but it was like I watched. I just. I think it was on Dave or something one one Saturday evening. And I watched like ten minutes of it, and I thought, oh my god. Yeah. I, I used to love it, but it's not the same show that I remember. No. I mean, I think with Red Dwarf, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily aged badly. Like, I can still watch the episodes mm. on Dave or on um, Netflix or whichever one it's on, and enjoy them as I did before. Mm. So I think that's that's a good sign. But uh, I think what I liked about it a lot was the fact that there was science involved. Um, so although it was sci-fi and it was in comedy, and I don't, I don't like Star Wars. I've never watched more than a, one episode, one film. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really go for the sci-fi genre, genre but Red Dwarf I, I just really did like and, and things like uh, White Hole and the sort of time travel concept and the you know something you do in the future affects you know it's, it's got re uh, re reverberates across time mm. that kind of theory I, I love and, um, and sort of I did cosmology at, U at um, A level and stuff like that so looking at science and space and time travel that was it really kind of resonated so nice okay cosmology hey eh? wow <laughs> so he's Big good at makeup on as well wow that's <laughs> great right then neil you're number 10 is classic open all hours um i'm i'm a fan uh it's, a, it's one that reminds me of uh, my youth quite a lot because i'd always settle down to watch it with my mum and dad and enjoy the laughter and still uh, and, and and really enjoy it. And we talk about it at school, not quite to the extent of other sitcoms, but it was always funny. And then somebody bought me, I hadn't watched it for years, and then somebody bought me the complete box set 
and I binged it. And I have to say, every episode gave me a proper belly laugh. So I had to put it in there because, it, it to me, it's held up very well. And the comedy and the writing is sublime. I know it's uh, Ronnie Barker did most of it himself under his another pseudonym, but um, he was a genius, wasn't he, at what he could write. He really was. Yeah. But, yeah, open all hours. All the cast were brilliant. Um, both Nurse Gladys's, you know, were both very very funny yeah i loved it and um in fact it's it's been bought out of my cupboard because i'm going to go through it again after writing it what on do you here. mean by both nurse, nurse gladys's there was a different nurse gladys at one stage it wasn't always linda Barron. oh wasn't it you, yeah the originally it was a di- i don't know her name but yeah linda Barron took over another one so of mine barker. ronnie barker was a hero of mine when i was younger because of porridge <clears throat> and uh Porridge, I didn't have it having my list ultimately, but again, an honorable mention for it. He did another honorable mention for me, Porridge. It was another one that was just must watch TV at the time when you had your four channels. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, think it's, I just four candles, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of mine are based on the, uh, the fact that you've got those kind of family moments watching it at my nan's on a Saturday afternoon. Porridge mm. was on, I'm on repeat, or open all hours which was generally something I'd see in the evening with, again, like family around the TV. So it's those kind of memories that kind of make those yeah. for me. Yeah, it was always a Sunday night open all hours, wouldn't it, pal? Yes. Words. It was. Yeah. The reason I didn't have, have that, because I, I loved open all hours, but that was what I was saying earlier on, is like the, the, the new ones where David Jason is just, it's, it's painful to watch. You just don't watch them. That's <laughs> it what just you is. do. And it sort of drags it down a little bit for me. It, I know the other mm. ones are there and nothing can change them and, that you know, they're indestructible, but yeah, it got me from from thinking of it in my top ten. Uh, right, my number ten uh, is uh, an American one. It's Police Squad. Okay. I don't know if anybody has any uh, have seen it, but the, I love the naked. Suckers. I love um, Leslie Nielsen, one of my favorite actors, comedy actors. Um, and there wasn't many episodes made. Six, wasn't it? I think it was think, just it yeah. was one series. But I mean, obviously, it's just completely the same as the Naked Gun but in just half hour. And I love that kind of comedy. Mm. I love that, uh, like the Mel Brooks, the kind of just stupid comedy that has, no, there's no reason for it. There's no reason why it's funny, but it is just hilarious and funny. So um, great writing, mm. great performances. Um, it's just an easy one for me. I, I had actually forgotten about that one, but I, I agree with you. It's a fantastic, every episode was a hit. Yeah, and I always liked how they ended every episode. So they'd pause, wouldn't they, as if the screen would pause and the titles would come up. So you'd have the sight gags of like holding the cup of coffee, and they would carry yeah. on filling it. And all exactly. that. I just think it was hilarious. It started with uh, starring special guest Lauren Green, and then a car would roll by, and then a body would be thrown out, and there would That's be Lauren Green dead. And so the special guest was always <laughs> dead in the very first scene. Yeah, classic. I think they're on YouTube. I think you can. Season, yeah. Sure to be. I know you can yeah. buy them. Yeah. Who wants to do that in his YouTube, Neil? Come on, get with the kid. <laughs> uh, right then, um, I was going to call you Charlie. I don't know why I was going to call you Charlie. Then, Ross, Ross, you're number <laughs> nine, please. Uh, number nine is Blackadder. Um, well, that's my number three. I'll just mention it? that now. Yeah. I've got, I think, uh, three of my last, the bottom four, three of my bottom four are uh, quite focused around family or just leaving family that kind of age whereas most of the others have been stuff i've discovered or enjoyed on my own afterwards 
Um, Blackadder, I remember the first time I ever watched it, I think my dad, my nan, my mum had gone out, not my nan, my mum had gone out for a night and um, my dad was looking after us and, and I'd kind of been allowed to stay up a bit late on this Friday and I think it was an episode of, might have been series one, which is obviously, you know, the horror mm. of the series. And um, and I thought I was allowed to, I thought I was being allowed up to stay, to watch this kind of very naughty comedy that my mum wouldn't approve of. So I thought I was, it was like a, you know, like a massive privilege uh, to be allowed up. And um, and then I kind of, I never saw it again for years and years and years. And then I went to university in the first year and, and I had, um, I remember you used to get those double VHS boxes. So I had like series three, which was two, two uh, videos. And um, I was in halls on my own one, one, like literally the first night I moved in, I think, and everyone was not there and just me. And this guy moved in and I said, oh, do you want to come in and watch some Blackadder? And we watched series three. And um, yeah, just for, the, for that year, I just kind of went out and bought the videos when I could get the money and then watched them just back to back and over and over mm. and over. Yeah, I personally, it was always the fact that series one had funny moments in it, I will, yeah, it did, I will yeah. confess, but it was weak. And then when series two dropped, I was at secondary school and it is, what is this beauty that has landed? Everything is quotable, everything is brilliant. And it was just pure joy for the next three yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was a big Rowan Atkinson fan because of Not When I Clock New. Mm. So it was like anything that he was going to be in. And yeah, so again, Thursday night, it used to be the Thursday night comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll say and it's, it's, a go-to, it's a go-to sitcom for me as well. It's one that I'll happily put any episode on and just sit and have a chuckle while it's on. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, Did you have it on your list? I have no. I'll talk a little bit more later on about it. It doesn't <laughs> Okay then, Neil, you're number nine. <laughs> now, I know this one is not a hit with everybody, but it's Curb Your Enthusiasm. I love Larry David. I love every series so far, and the new one is making me raw. I'm a big fan of uncomfortable humour. Um, as Pav well knows, we've got the same wavelength on certain things. But Curb Your Enthusiasm does enough push it to its boundaries, I think, and it properly makes me laugh. And the improvisation I think that goes on in that show is just legendary. Yeah. How, how they do it. God only knows. Um, but yeah, it's uh, every, so far every series has been a hit. There's been some weaker ones, but not. I must admit, I thought this would have been higher in your. Oh yeah. Well, initially it was, but then one other ones came through. I was thinking, no, that's higher. That's higher. Yeah. But there's no disrespect that he's at nine, bearing in mind that I had about the same as you, 30 plus ones to go in, so it still got in there. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I I, I think I've got to be in the mood for it. That's mm. the trouble. I mean, I've said before, sometimes you can tell that they're improvising, you know, and it, mm. and it go in. it's just that. What are you doing? What am I doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. Well, tell me what you're doing. You think, oh, just get the fuck on with it, will you? For God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you know and it just yeah sometimes it just needs to maybe just be a little bit more scripted <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you uh, a fan ross i've got it on my list of american honorable mentions uh oh, it's only one of three comedies i've got in that so okay, yeah. okay. it's not it's, it's, yeah i do like it it was on my long list definitely yeah uh so my number nine is uh, arrested development um I think this is another one of those ones that you either really like it or you just don't sort of get it. Uh, or never I've, seen it. Apologies. Or never yeah, seen yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I find, I, I love, and it doesn't, not saying that I'm 
an intellectual or anything, but I love clever comedy. I love it when it's layered, when you watch it once and you find it funny and then you watch it again and there's something else that you realise is in it that maybe pays off three episodes later or whatever. And it's stupid. It's very, it's Monty Python in certain parts. Um, <laughs> the characters are just, there's no one there that you like. Everybody's just dicks, but they're really, really funny. Um, that again, the thing with the, the last couple of series, not as good as the first, say, three or four series. But if you love that kind of stupid comedy, just clever comedy, I, I would say give it a watch because I just, somebody else mentioned it to me years ago and said, you've got to watch it and just watch the first series. It's so funny. And then you just get into it and the story is just ridiculous, but but funny. So I, I, I enjoy that. I'm, I'm surprised that you haven't, but either of you have not watched it, especially you, Ross. I mean, a connoisseur of comedy. <laughs> oh. Uh, we can't hear you, Ross. <laughs> or are you just doing that for the joke? It's a funny sitcom moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I put it down to it not being, I mean, where can you watch Arrested Development? It's on Netflix. Oh, fair enough. Uh, then I could have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my excuses are nullified. Uh, you was expecting me to say some sort of really weird, obscure like Sky or Now TV. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Blonky box. It's on Blonky <laughs> box. Yeah, eighty-five quid a month. Right then, uh, <laughs> Ross. What's your number eight? Um, it is the only one of mine that actually is a Julia Davis comedy, Nighty Nights. Um, I said, you know, that's that's probably. It's a surprise, possibly to some people, because um, I run a Julia Davis fan group and yeah, I love everything she does. And it was difficult to. I wanted to have one of hers in it, um, but I couldn't. I was, I'm in an eye between uh, Sally Forever, Hunderby, Human Traffic, which included, which had Rob Grace, uh, not Rob Grace, uh, Rob Brydon in it. Yeah, <laughs> Rob Grace. <laughs> Something you Rob never told us. <laughs> um, but Nighty Night, I think, is the one that sort of defined her, uh, mm. sort of on the map a bit, and uh, it's just really dark and twisted and funny know, disabled woman who's made to eat cat shit and she's serving prawns in milk and, and all kinds of weird stuff it's it's just dark and wonderful mm. it was yeah, on my I've, honorable list was it, it was yeah was it? it nearly got in it was very funny i'm a fan of julia davis i think she did write some brilliant stuff that's my uh, favorite one of hers i must admit yeah uh, but it didn't again didn't make my list but it she was one does, she, too but yeah she does some um, uncomfortable really good again and it's right up my alley and we can never <laughs> listen to lavender by really ever again well hey <laughs> uh go on then neil your number eight is uh gavin and stacy now this i put it on here originally i'd never watched it the first time around at all i didn't even wasn't really i, I shrugged it off as if nah it's not my sort of thing nah now nah, i can't be bothered with that and then when I was married with the kids, um, the eldest of the kids suddenly started watching it and then was given the DVD box set. So I sat with them and watched it and thoroughly enjoyed it. So much so that it's become a staple that when it's on telly, it's always just left on and I enjoy it. But I have to say it was nearly let down on my list because of the, the Christmas special. Not that I hated it. I just didn't think they needed it. It no. wasn't, it was pointless. It wasn't, wasn't needed. But yeah, I think it's a very easy. It's almost like watching a documentary sort of style, isn't it? Um, very easy going and uh, and funny. It's when James Corden was funny. 
but see, that's the reason why I wouldn't have it in my top ten. Because I, <laughs> I just, I just, I. It's weird because I love Gavin and Stacey again when it first came out, mm. but I am done with watching things with James Corden in it. It's just, <laughs> it just feels like he's just every well him and Romish ranging Nathan are everywhere. Yeah, they're just everywhere, and I just can't stomach it anymore. Yeah, I know. I sort of know what you mean, but I don't feel that is James Corden in the original couple of series. It, it was the first, like well, it. wasn't it? It was. I yeah. mean, it wasn't the first thing he was in, but it was. It was because of Gavin and Stacey that he's everywhere. More yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's great. I, I do like it. It wasn't on my long list, but I think it was one of the forgotten ones. You wouldn't have made the short list, but it was. Um, yeah, I, I it, again, it's kind of almost like a guilty pleasure because it's not cool to like Gavin and Stacey. I don't think. Is it not? Not no, I'm so was, late to it. I think it was when it first came out, wasn't it? But it's yeah, it's weird. I was so late to the party of that one, but I really enjoyed it. I sort of thought, yeah. why did I not watch this? I actually think the, the writing is really crisp, and Rob Brydon's just so good in it, and he's just a legend in it, isn't he? Really, is great in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my number eight, uh, something again, straight out of my childhood, uh, the Young Ones. Oh, that's um, my um, number five. It's a far away your bit of paper, Neil. It's my eye. I really need my eyes tested. I tell you, I've got to get some bifocals or something. Um, this one, it, it, it hasn't aged well, but at the same time, it's a perfect slice of what the 80s was like. Mm. As in 80s TV, the whole alternative comedy movement. Um, and it was exactly the, where are you, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> my way he's, he's dancing isn't he oh uh, you've got to watch this on youtube i mean Ross is, he's like a fire starter a twisted yeah. fire starter. um but yeah it was it was as a kid it was the v thing you had to watch and then you had to watch it on the night because everybody would talk about it at school everybody would do their rick impressions everybody would do their neil impressions everyone would do their vivian impressions they wouldn't do mike impressions because you know, he wasn't the cool one. He wasn't the fun one to to talk about. But for for me, it was one of those shows that sort of shaped my shaped my comedy brain, if you like, because I loved everybody. I loved the comic strip presents that whole thing. You sort of felt because because this whole thing about alternative comedy, which wasn't really, it was just doing something that wasn't Terry and June and mm. the Good Life, as much as they took the piss out of that on the actual show, didn't they? Were yeah, yes, they did. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's just one of those shows that I—I I mean, I, I would—I don't think my kids have ever watched it. I'd be interested to see what they would think of it if they watched it, because uh, I let them watch things like Gimme 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 when they were little, and they are shocked now when they watch it because they understand what the the comedy about Gimme yeah. Gimme, Gimme was, whereas it used to be just like this brash like lady with ginger hair you know just being loud and funny so when they're little they wouldn't they didn't understand what they were saying it was just a funny cartoon to watch i think it'd be interesting to see whether they would have would they would have thought the same if i'd what, let them watch the young ones then when they were little because it mm. was more like a you know a living cartoon but uh yeah it's one that i've i've revisited again quite um quite regularly pop it in and have a watch i still find it hilarious but I don't know whether that is because it's of our time in the eighties when we were. And imagine going to school being called Neil when that was prime. <laughs> I still do Neil Neil Orange. You do, Neil. you do. That <laughs> has never grown old. I bet it hasn't. <laughs> do you know I'm what I mean? 
I much prefer it to bottom. Um, yeah. And obviously they go sort of hand in hand. Can I snip that little bit of audio? Can I just have that little... <laughs> <laughs> Good job I didn't go, I prefer bottom then. No, um, that is right. Um, and, yeah, you're right. Funnily enough, I remember when I was at school and people must have just discovered it as well, but repeats of, and were repeating quoting and stuff in, in at school as well. So I think uh, that quotability of it sort of definitely resonates through the through the generations. Mm. And I can imagine having a name like Ross in the 90s must have been a nightmare. Oh, because, yeah, I mean, the amount of times I've told Ross, like in Friends, to, you know, international students or international shopkeepers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> International shopkeepers. <laughs> okay. Oh dear. Is that a PC way of saying something then? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I just I thought I was going I was gonna go with homeless and then I thought oh let's be more PC than homeless. Shopkeepers. Oh no. <laughs> okay, let's move on to uh, your number seven then, Ross. Well, this is the final of my kind of family friendly happy ones. It's only fours and horses. Um it's obviously uh, an absolute classic. It's regularly voted the best comedy of all time in England. Yeah, it's my it's number my, two. And my number two. It's um it's it's one where any episode you put on, I can start quoting immediately. I, I know what's happening next, I know the lines that are coming. Despite really not having watched every episode that much. I mean, I had all the videos of it and um and so I watched them a few times. But even now, having not watched probably some of the episodes for 15 years perhaps I, I can I'll still be able to immediately go back into mm. quoting and knowing what's happening immediately and mm. it's uh that's so very very comfortable and familiar and there's you know obviously there's there was a golden period as well where you had danger uxd chain gang uh the episode uh, sky's the limit where the satellite dish was on the yeah. balcony yeah those ones yeah it was my when the first lockdown came that was the first thing i binged because i hadn't seen them for so long i wanted to see whether they held up etc and i have to say i absolutely enjoyed it some of the specials a bit over long etc but the actual series themselves absolutely perfect until the very final episode yeah of course yeah yeah well, we, we, we discount anyway i don't yeah. watch it and it would have been it. my number one if they'd have finished it was it time on our hands when they, yeah. when they won the lottery? He became a millionaire. If they'd have finished then, that for me would have been because the first five or six series, yeah. um, and there's the, I remember those specials, it's, it almost seemed like they were on a roll. And and each like the, the falling through the bar, yeah. And um, there was like I think they did like 45 minute one series, they like did. Each episode was like 45 minutes, and the, the, the one episode had him falling through the bar, the other episode had the I think it was the the sex dolls that used to blow up with the, yeah, with, yeah. with the yeah that that one was it, and it, there was it seemed to be like one or two amazingly massive laughs in each of those episodes, and I thought, oh my god, they are really on a, a roll, mm. and then they finished it so perfectly, and then to bring it back when they everybody just looked so old and tired, and it, oh, it, it was a, it's a shame, it was a real shame. Um, Say, as I say, as you said, you can discount them. You know, they they, yeah, they earn, they earn the credit. Yeah. yeah, they earn the credit. They stop. Even the the one where they came went to France to see Uncle Albert's funeral. That was kind of pretty poor. And was that last? That wasn't the last one, was it? One before the last, I think. Um, I honestly, can't remember what the the, the time last... on our hands is. The clock, isn't it, and the auction. Yeah. Um, 
But then they did the Frog's Legacy or something like that, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't that the last one? Well, that could have been the last one. I don't, be, I don't, I'd have to I go don't. and get the box set. Yeah, but I yeah. never even put it on, so no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't even hardly remember it. But, but yeah. yeah, it's going to be here forever, isn't it? Only Falls it and Horses. Absolutely. It's one of those ones that's just going to be a staple of a perfect yeah. or near a perfect sitcom. Yeah. Go on then, Neil, your number seven. Is uh, The American Office. I was okay. late to the party with this that's one. My number four. I really was. Pav used to bang on at me that I should watch it, and other friends did as well. And I thought, no, I don't really like American sitcoms. I'm going to be a stubborn little sod. But eventually I put it on, and I watched the first episode, and I thought, I'm right. It's shit, <laughs> which the first episode is. But once you get past that first episode and keep going with it, it becomes absolute comedy gold. And so much so, it's become my replacement of putting it on when nothing else is on. Um, I'm. I think I'm on my third run through of the whole series. Really? Yeah. I, it is very, very funny, and uh, guest stars are, are just as funny. I think James Spader needs a, a huge mention as the boss. Um, what's his Danny California? He's yeah. just hilarious. Yeah. Series but, two to seven, I think, is is perfect. Some of the best. Yeah. But as soon as Michael Scott leaves, I've said it before, it just isn't the same. It's not, because the, the thing is, the jokes are there, and there's some funny jokes, but yeah. you're always waiting for Michael Scott to walk in. Yeah. The whole thing. But they do end it perfectly. They yeah. do end it. It's the perfect ending to a sitcom, I think, that has been done. It really does give it closure, and off you go. Have you watched it, um, Ross? No, same as you. I, I've had so many people say it's just genius, like including mm. one of my best mates who's whose uh, recommendations I, I, I hold in very high regard mm. still haven't I've gone to I've gone through series one because you have to because that's so replica, replicable of the first yeah. US UK offices and I've gone through a little bit of series two and I laugh and I, I do find it funny I, I just have to push on with it really it's just yeah. literally going right I'm going to watch this today instead of going to one of the other ones I've already seen you know mm. knowing I like something versus possibly not liking something that sometimes makes me go for the stuff I'm happy with. Like mm. like listening to Radio 2 instead of Radio 1. So, it's just your age, Ross. I'm on Radio <laughs> 2. You know. But it's, it is. It, and a lot of the episodes are only like 20 minutes long. You know, yeah. they're only short because of the ad break situation. So it's a perfect little sit down and eat your tea and put it on yeah. sort of sitcom. Mm. Highly recommend it if nobody's watched it. I agree. Totally agree, Neil. Uh, right, my number seven uh, is probably the most recent um, sitcom I've got on my list, and that is Toast of London. Oh. Um, I've finished watching Toast of Tinseltown today, and it, although it doesn't reach the heights of Toast of London, I th I think it's it's the BBC have watered it down slightly compared to what we had in like the the three series on channel four yeah um i still find some bits like really really funny but i think again toast of london to me is a is a lot like arrested development in that it is absolutely like batshit crazy but it's just so funny matt berry there's something about matt berry that is just so funny it doesn't matter what he does yeah um he's a he's a voice in the book of boba fett and I, I have a smile on my face every time. <laughs> and he's not a funny character in it at all. But he has a voice. And every time I hear his voice, I think, oh, my God, he's just that. But his intonation is 
really great, isn't it? And yeah. and because he's in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. That's he right. He is, yeah. And exactly the same intonation. It, it's it's brilliant. It's just so it's needless, which makes it funny. Yeah. You don't just, need to have it. He just has to say yes. The way he'll go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's it, yeah, the IT crowd, he was the same in that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um uh Mighty Boosh, those kind of things. And have you been watching what they do in the shadows? You know what? I haven't. I watched the first episode, but I haven't watched any more of oh, that. Oh, they are good. They I, are I good. thought. I thought. Oh, this can't. It can't be any good. As good as the film. Mm. The film was just brilliant. It's and then I watched the series. I thought this is. This is like the film seventeen times or however many episodes. Are. Yeah, it's brilliant. I need to watch it. I definitely need to watch it. Yeah. Uh, right then, Ross. Your number six. Number six is the Inbetweeners. <clears throat> um. It's one of those where you watch it now and it still just makes you laugh. The only thing I don't like now is that the Inbetweeners movie and the Inbetweeners movie 2 are constantly being on TV. Yeah. And if you're scrolling, for, oh, it's done again. What? How many times are they going to play this film? But that aside, if I think it's um, when I when I first watched it, I just thought, wow, this is really like being at school. The, the kind of just relentless mockery, even of your friends, um, mm. and gay jokes, and you know, words, words like spaff on your tits and things like that. <laughs> There's a little like sound bite it's like, again. No, it's, 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 just, it's just brilliant. It's just exactly like being at school, and it hasn't been banned yet, like Little Britain was, and uh, long may that be the case. And um, and now I watch it. You know, I could watch it now. I could put it on. Channel four ID and watch it, and I will be laughing like a schoolboy again. And mm. I find it very funny. I just I spoke about this earlier. I, I love the first two series of the In Between. I find it very funny. I have a problem with the third, where I don't find it that funny oh. compared to the other two. And I don't know whether that's me or whether that's other people. So that's why it didn't make my top ten. It just the third series to me it had moments, but was weak. Isn't it weird? I nearly every it doesn't matter how classic a comedy series is, mm. unless you do the thing like Faulty Towers, Faulty Towers or, or The yeah. Office, where it's two ep- two series and done. It's very hard to keep that going, mm. and I, I wonder why that is. Maybe just run out of ideas, or you know, they've had two good series, so they are not quite as invested in it, and they're maybe looking over at something as like, like oh, we've got a movie coming, or it's yeah. weird how a lot of series do that. Well, well, my idea. Fair. Oh, sorry, Ross. I was just going to say, my idea with the in between is I gave it some thought. Is they always said they used a lot of the circumstances and, and and actions and things that happened when they were at school for their own jokes and writing on that series. I reckon they ran out of what they did. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all. As simple as. I think this country is another example where one and two were really great series. Mm. Series three doesn't really get the uh, same kind of. People don't feel the same about series three. No, no. you're right. Um, and and you know we know the cast there, so you can almost imagine that Daisy, uh, yeah, Daisy might have been looking at what's beyond. And and so the third series, I think it was also slightly rushed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should do a podcast about that. <laughs> yeah, what this country? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a great idea. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, right there, Neil, your number six. Is uh, Faulty Towers. Now, this went up and down my list like you wouldn't believe, but I put it in there at number six because that's what That's my number six. Is it really? It really is. Uh, perfect length, isn't it? Perfect length. <laughs> Ooh, uh, two series and we're done. <laughs> yeah, um, Basil I've got Faulty. A box of tricks now. I've got to be careful I don't overdo the box of tricks. That's exactly. going to be <laughs> But Basil Faulty to me is probably one of the greatest sitcom characters ever created, maybe. In the way that, and only John Cleese could ever really play him because he does zero to mad like nobody else. Uh, brilliant writing. Perfect half an hour. Yeah, beautiful. Um, Yeah, it's just every episode is a pure episode, isn't it? It's just brilliant. Um, I I like it. I think it's not in my top ten. I um, it's often the one that competes only fools and horses in the UK. Mm. The public votes. I like it, but I just don't. don't No, it is twelve episodes. They are really good, but it just. I don't know. I don't Is know it dated why. too much for you, do you think? Or? I don't know, because I liked Porridge and mm. Dad's Army and Steptoe and Son and other old-fashioned comedies. But um, I think it had some good jokes and good scenes. You know, it's got equivalent scenes to the Chandelier scene from Only Falls and, and things mm. like that. But I just I just don't... I don't, never found it really that special. I don't... Right. I, was that it was dated per se. I just think it was, there were other comedies of equal standing for me. There you go, Mr. Cleese. That's Ross pissing all over your chips. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I don't know even, I don't even know when you listen to the audience um, on Faulty Towers, I don't even think they appreciate just for what well, for me, how good Faulty mm. Towers was at the time. And, and and maybe it might have been that thing. They might have done series three and it might have been like an in-between of series three and it might not have been as good and people wouldn't put it at the top of their their sitcom list, you know, 
either side of only fools and horses it's a weird thing that that two seasons and and done kind of thing because mm. it's a it's a bit like when someone a rock star dies at 27 and they're always stuck at that age so you know i've always said you know if if john lennon and george harrison were alive would they be playing butlins now like status quo used to do or would you know who knows you know they wouldn't be on this pedestal as much yes. as, as they would have done if they'd be 80 now and still trying mm. to try yeah, and be exactly. rock stars you know um that's my point and i'm sticking to it <laughs> uh, right so number six i also had faulty towers so ross you're number five uh number five is people just do nothing i think it was uh really excellently script uh cast i think that everyone in that show is just perfect um i like that they had relationship before they set it up um it, it i obviously there's a number of mockumentaries and they all follow a similar similar kind of thing but i just i just find some of the i think the episodes are some of them just really well well done and just really enjoy it five seasons which is uh, obviously quite uh, a rare thing with comedies these days and um seasons series i'm english um but i don't really see any weak episodes like you know there, there, there obviously are some throughout the episodes that were made but there's not i couldn't say that season series five is a weak series because it's the last one um mm. some of them i think actually got stronger in some of the series how did it hold up as a movie uh i did like the movie uh because i i don't like when you watch uh, a series and they make a film and the film feels like it's Hollywoodized, mm. you know, there's cut the, the laughter track's gone in you know one of those older sitcoms, um, and so it feels a little bit empty, like drinking uh, sparkling water. Yeah, uh, it felt like a long episode, which was what I wanted. Uh, on the other hand, Alpha Papa, the Alan Partridge film, I is is weak compared to Alan Partridge series. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Um, because it does feel like it's kind of been glamorized mm. but this didn't feel like that okay it's interesting. Yeah, I've, I've never been able to get into yeah i've tried into and tried it. yeah i find it a little bit I, I and again i don't know whether it's because i was so enveloped in this country that it felt to me too similar to this country the way that it, it, it almost looks like they're making it up it doesn't look like it's scripted and it's supposed to be like that obviously because it's a mockumentary and i don't yeah, know whether yeah. i just didn't give it that much of a chance i think maybe i need to go back to it um and 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 like you said with the office and just maybe bear with it a little bit more and give it a bit more of a go yeah i mean i'll do that with the office if you do that with i think that's right if, let's do a virtual handshake on that ross there well done that looks nice, the size of <laughs> the wanky one good Okay, then, Neil, we've got your number five as the young ones. It is. Uh, so my number five is Father Ted. Uh, oh, number that's four. my number four. That's, oh, that's four. both your number fours. Yeah. Okay. Um, talk about clever writing. Talk about absolutely stupid. Um, talk about brilliant characters. Uh, and not just the main ones, but all the characters on Craggy Island that, that fill up you know, the world. Uh, and they're all as ridiculous as each other. I don't think there's been a series 
since Father Ted finished that has been quite as 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 good as that. Um, mm. Classic moments. Um, I, I mean, it's one it's one of those shows again that you can put on at any time, and I don't think that that's particularly dated. It was a nineties show, wasn't it? But then nineteen ninety five, yeah, yeah. But there wasn't really. I don't think there was anything on PC or anything sort of un. I mean, there's a little bit, of, little bit. Maybe beside the uh, Nazi, perfectly square bit. Of dirt. <laughs> I suppose you got that bit, haven't you? <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's all in, in all in context, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you even know. the swearing is is childlike swearing, as yeah. opposed to proper swearing. But um, I absolutely love this show, and I, mm. I would watch it twenty four hours a day if. Uh, I didn't need a job for money. And Father Ted was taken far too young, wasn't he? Far too young, absolutely. Far too young. I was going to make a joke that I think ending at three series is probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for me, it was one of the, it was on a, in 1995. And I remember Channel 4 on a Friday evening, just being at school, finishing school. And you had TFI Friday. You had Friends had just started and Father Ted. And they were the kind of, uh, programs that were on at that time and Euro Trash afterwards. Mm. And uh and I think a little bit later came So Graham Norton. Yeah, yeah. It was that kind of for me it was like a golden age of of sort of growing up a little bit. Mm. At that age where I was just kind of turning into, you know, real beast of a man. <laughs> and I, I just it was just it's the theme tune. It when it kicks in it's so it kind of just warms you immediately and um and the classic moments i mean like it, i struggle to think of my favorite episode speed three mm. often comes up with a with the milk float but there's the football one song for euro song for europe and yeah oh, but when he i mean when Dougal delivers the the milk to the woman who's naked at the door the jumper in the cake yeah yeah how far women. away the perspective yeah all that bit is hilarious and great so and great through the uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah. Yeah, there's just so many. It was like it's um, it was like it was um, almost like in an alternate reality, wasn't it? It was yeah. not quite on planet Earth, if you know what I mean. So like yeah, their it, fairground and things like that was all very surreal, very funny, very funny. I haven't seen it for a while. I must, I must watch it again because um, it's, hilarious. it's always on E4 or one of those. Yeah, more yeah I was watching it just the other day. Actually, it was on um, 4OD. Yeah, we'll watch that. Okay, so your both of your number fours are Father Ted. So, Ross, what's your number three? What was your number four? Uh, my number four was um, oh, The Office, the US Office. Ah, okay. so we've already we've already talked about that. Sorry, well done, well picked up on there, Ross. <laughs> number so, three for yeah. me is The Thick of It. Yes. Now that is a comedy that it you know. It, I think it couldn't have been cast any better with Capaldi, Chris Langham, as much as you know, he had an indiscretion. He's back from that, but he was in it. He was really good in it. And um, what her name? Um, Rebecca Front. Rebecca Front. She was really good. And the one who plays Terry Coverley, mm-hmm. uh, who is whose name Joanna Scanlan, I think. Um, I I like uh, the younger guy as well. Whose name of Chris Addison? Chris Addison. Now I hate him on panel shows. Mm. Horrible on panel shows. 
But in that, that's why I can forgive him being alive because of the thick of it. Oh, good. <laughs> and you said that. Thick of it, I, I kind of I think there's lots of people who want to be knowledgeable politically. And so when there's a general election coming, everyone suddenly becomes a little politician and posts their opinions. And and usually, as soon as the general, uh, the elections are over, they kind of just disappear again and don't talk about politics again until there's something else of interest. And the thick of it kind of just gives me a little window into politics. And, and actually, I would guess that that's probably as close to reality as any portrayal on TV that isn't isn't true life um, politics. And um, yeah, I just think it's so well written and the swearing and the put downs are just incredible. Mm. Well, I know somebody, well, myself and Neil know somebody that worked in the foreign office and they said that the thick of it was truer than anyone could believe yeah when when you see the way decisions are made and the way that things come about yeah. in That's real the government the, the kind of manipulation i mean I, I love house of cards on netflix and the way kevin space's character just it's psychological psychology he knows what people do and that getting what he wants by stepping over people but not just doing that but making people uh, coercing people subtly to make that ultimately result in this person knocking, you know, this domino falling, and then that domino falling, and then him swooping in. Uh, Capaldi uh, in it, his, his character just does that so well. It's um, mm. He just manipulates and manages everything so well that he comes out looking brilliant every time. And it's just well, really perfect. Almost every time. He sort of gets his comeuppance at the end, doesn't he? I mean, but... Yes, that's true. But he comes back again, though. He comes back again. I mean, that this was the, the the show that I think was the um was the one that hurt the most to not be in the top ten. Yeah. Because I think again, I'm I'm the same with me. I think I'm probably on my seventh go round of watching the thick of it on Netflix or whatever one it is. I would just put it on mainly because I also love watching the the workings of a government. It's like if you yeah. if it, if you looked at it as a documentary. Just looking at the way that they, like you say, they will, I mean, I think it's the very first scene in it, isn't it? Where there's a guy, uh, one of the members of parliament and um, Tucker is is there saying, oh, you know, go on. And you're all right. Don't worry. You're okay. Oh, that's a big relief. Uh, well, yeah. That's why you got to go. What yeah. do you mean? Yeah. Don't here's worry. your resignation letter. Yeah, yeah, here's your resignation letter. The You know, you'll get a soapy tit wank from the Prime Minister and all that. And you think, I bet that's exactly how it is. The guy will mm. go in there hoping to get the slap on the back and don't worry, everything's fine. And the next minute you find out that it's actually already running in, in the newspapers that, that you're gone. Absolutely. Um, I love how yeah. the characters hate each other as well. All four of the main ones. Yeah. They just... They, you think they're like part of the same team working together. But each of them got their own agenda, and each of them critique, criticise each other blatantly to each other's faces. It's yeah, just... and they're only looking after their own backs. That's yeah, yeah. all they really want. They don't give a shit about anybody else. Ah, sounds like podcasting. Uh, okay, so Neil, <laughs> you said Black Adam number three. I did. Uh, my number three, maybe a bit of a surprise. I don't know. Uh, is Alan Partridge? Uh, oh, Alan Partridge. Oh, did you forget to put... Oh, <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> my number one, of course. Uh, you don't say that now! Spoilers! <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> honest, it's okay. Um, I mean, I'm going for the whole collective. I did message Ross um, a couple of days ago to say, look, are we going to do specific series of Alan Partridge or is the whole thing? 
And I think the best thing is the whole thing. And I will say, if it wasn't for uh, this time with Alan Partridge, which I, which I find a little bit disappointing, especially the last series. I don't know what it is about the last series, apart from the fact that it looks like Steve Coogan is reading all of his lines from a um, like idiot boards. Yeah. Uh, especially the, uh, is it Matt Smith, the Doctor Who? He does an interview with him and they both look like they're reading it off. And you can see it the same as they do on Saturday Night Live. And that takes me out of it straight away. You know, Alan Partridge is a character. Every series that I've seen or listened to him, uh, the audio books, one of, if not the greatest comedy character ever, without a shadow of a doubt. And Steve Coogan is a a comedy genius. He's an absolute comedy genius. Um, but he would have been higher. I think it would have been higher if it hadn't been for that this time. The first couple of series, or first series. I mean, have they done two or three series? Two series of this time. Do you two. think? Do you think though that if you rewatched it, thinking that that was deliberate, looking to Oroku, right? Do you think that would change your perspective on it? Maybe if it was just Alan, but if it's Alan and the guest both, it's yeah. almost like oh, we've managed to get Matt Smith at the last minute. Don't worry about the lines. We'll stick them on idiot boards for you and just just read what you go there. Because you can see he's, he's looking at Alan and then he's, his eyes... Sh- and it's another thing, that reason why I can't watch Saturday Night Live is because you can see all these really accomplished actors. And I know that they're rewriting at the last minute, but you can tell that they're reading mm. off of cue cards and it just... I don't understand. I don't understand. But that's not... That's not gonna, I'm not taking anything away from Alan Partridge. Yeah. Um, I'm Alan Partridge. Uh, uh, what's it called? What's the the first one? Knowing, knowing me, me, knowing you. The, the the Christmas special is one of the funniest <laughs> Christmas specials ever, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so for me, for me, he's number three, and I know oh, that might be a bit controversial, but there you go. Okay, <laughs> Ross, you're number two. Uh, my number two is The Office UK. I, I I feel bad about putting UK next to it. It's The Office. That's the, the original The Office. Okay. Um, obviously, it gave Gervais um, his platform. Um, not his platform. It was what he leapt onto. Um, he obviously had a platform from The 11 O'Clock Show and his own, uh, The Ricky Gervais Show, which was a bit of a bond. Um, so then this came out of the woodwork very suddenly everyone we, I mean we discussed it before I know but people didn't know about the first series some people luckily caught it I think you studied it didn't you Pav? yeah 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 but lots of people didn't see series one and then season two come series two came out and people suddenly hooked onto it um, and I think there was also some people thought it was a real documentary as well much like this country when that first came out um, and I, I was one of the ones who caught it late. I got the second series, and then I bought the uh, the videos of series one, and then two when it came out. And I got the script books as well, and it's it's just brilliant. I think it's um, lovely. I think it was rounded off really well with the Christmas special. I don't think it's a bad episode, but again, that's Gervais's hallmark is two series and out. Although Derek was longer, um, and Afterlife is now proven to be longer. Um, yeah. But I, I think it was just really great and, and changed the kind of changed comedy um, for future writers and influenced a lot. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just find it, I, 
it just didn't make my top 10. It would be, it'd be in my, probably in my top 15, let alone top 20. But yeah, it's, um, I, I watched it not long ago, actually, especially the Christmas specials. And I think like that was one of those moments where you're shouting at the screen, you know, and you're saying, um, I was going to say dawn, wasn't it? Yeah. Just, just come back, just turn around. Don't walk out. Just turn around. I can remember that. And oh, I was, that um, moment. I, I thought you were going to go for the lady in the white sheaf on scarf that moment. Um, oh yeah. No, no, no. I mean, go, you, on, I, go with her. Go yeah. with her. <laughs> <laughs> you have one of the greatest fuck off moments, which I think we've mentioned before on podcast when he tells Finch to, to fuck off, which was, which was very sort of um, satisfying. Yeah. But her walking out, just, please just turn around. And, and and it was a great, great moment at the end. It definitely was. Um, but Neil, you don't like The Office, do you, Neil? Uh, it, it didn't resonate with me. I don't know why, what was going on at the time. Maybe, I don't know. But I struggle with David Brent. I have to say, I love Ricky Gervais, but I do struggle with David Brent. I don't find him that funny. I find him quite a knob. That's exactly what he is. He's yeah, but I don't enjoy watching that. No, you see, you don't like looking at knobs. No, <laughs> well, not not that. <laughs> I anyway. And I did give it another go and watched it, and it, it I saw it, it was better than I remembered it, but it still hasn't come. It wouldn't be in my top twenty. No, no, no. I think extras was far better than The Office, personally. But mm. I'm wrong on that. By no, no, that's so many. Opinion, no, no, by so many other people that tell me I'm wrong. That the office is far better than the extras, but I don't. I think extras is better. But, Again, it's uh, perspective, isn't it? You know, if you if you believe you're watching it and thinking this guy's a knob and not funny, mm. but then your perspective is altered slightly to look at it as the reason he's funny is because he's a knob. He's a knob. Yeah. Uh, but again, you've obviously watched knowing that. I mean, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not telling it, but if someone if someone else were watching it, thinking who's this dickhead? Yeah. Then said, "Well, watch it again, but this time think of that's why it's that's that's the thing that is the funny thing is that mm. he's aware of, of himself being mm. but, um, but it is it's, it's, it's everyone's got a different outlook on what they yeah, find of funny. Of course they do and everything, but you know, add moments. But it just never struck. It never stuck with me ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't I, like Pav loved all that waiting with bated breath and everything like that. I really didn't give a toss. I was watching it and thinking." Well, that, I mean, that's, that's for, for any kind of, whether it's drama, comedy, mm. whatever, if you don't invest in the characters, then the emotional moments are just not going to land, are they? So, no, no. Of I mean, that's, that's just the fact that you're dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> and I dare say I'll try it again. Do you know what I mean? It's on Netflix and it's there for me to watch. And I will probably try it again because I know it's, it is and it is it's is a comedy changer like you said it no, changed comedy then, is what you'll do is you'll you'll compare david brent to michael scott and michael yeah scott that's is, the danger is, i've got yeah, now and he's he's lovable michael scott yeah i've said it a million times you know whereas david brent is an absolute ass and he only thinks about himself michael scott thinks about everybody yeah but is an ass he's just still an ass but i think that's the trouble as soon as you see the two you compare them yeah. And you realise that problem. David Brent is just not a nice person at all. No. Um, yeah. Okay, so we both had uh, Only Fools and Horses, Neil, myself and yeah. yourself at number two. So, Ross, do you want to give us a countdown for your 10 to 2? Um, sure. Uh, yep, yeah, go on, far away. So, 10, uh, Red Dwarf. Number 9 was Blackadder. 8, Nighty Night. 7 was Only Fools and Horses. 6, In Between Us. 
five people just do nothing four father ted three the thick of it and two the office wonderful neil you're 10 to 2 absolutely so at number 10 open all hours number nine curb your enthusiasm number eight gavin and stacy number seven is the office american version Number six is uh, Faulty Towers. Number five is The Young Ones. Number four, Father Ted. Number three, Blackadder. And number two, Only Fools and Horses. Okay, my number 10 was Police Squad. Nine, Arrested Development. Eight, The Young Ones. Seven, Toast of London. Six, Faulty Titties. Five, Father Ted. Four, The US Office. Three, Alan Partridge. And two, Only Fools and Horses. So, Ross... Hit us with your number one. <laughs> My surprise number one is uh, Alan Partridge as the entirety of its universe. Um, it is, uh, I remember kids at school, again, sort of talking about it and a couple in particular sort of um, using it in their sort of daily routine. Um, and I think it was not until I went to uni that I actually started watching it on video again um obviously i i didn't see knowing me knowing you 1994 1997 was i'm on a partridge and then i went to uni in 2000 so that year i really just watched and watched on partridge and um didn't see knowing me knowing you for a long time after that um and i just i loved it, it again like the the way that porridge is comforting on a saturday afternoon when your nan's gone shopping uh Alan Partridge has an episode. There's an episode in Porridge called um, A Long Day In or something like that, where, well, Storm in a Teacup, actually, he's trying to get some relaxing time in his cell and all the others are playing football and everyone keeps interrupting his silence. I love that sort of Saturday afternoon feeling. And there's that one episode where Alan goes off to get some windscreen washing fluid and he's bored, there's nothing happening in the hotel. And it just gives me that same feeling. And then I was waiting for series two to come out. And um, and again, it was it, I recorded it off of TV. So I had episode one and then chronologically recorded them. And I kept watching episode one. And I didn't really find that first episode that funny. And then as I, I think I watched it probably about six times where I tried to watch the series. And then I got past it eventually. I think when I got the DVD of it and thought, oh, that's so good. Why am I carried on with that? And then ever since then, I've just kind of completely engulfed every single thing there is to uh, to watch and listen to. So all of the day to day and on the hour stuff. Uh, obviously, you know, I still don't like knowing me, knowing you as much as the other stuff. But Mid Morning Matters, the podcasts um, from the Oast House, the two audio books, which are six and seven hours of him reading out the whole book. Um, Scissor Dial and Welcome to Places of Our Lives and then this time which obviously came out recently I'm going to Stratagem the, the live tour in I can't remember what month is it this month I don't know sometime this year every single thing it it's just a whole universe and what I love is that the books knit everything together so any gaps between the series the lead up to his uh, 1994 series and stuff it's everything's covered and everything kind of works to the book. There's a couple of um, inaccuracies I found, like it got the, they got the hotel room wrong in the series compared to the book it stayed in. And, and uh, 
and the number of days that he stayed in the travel tavern is 182 or 183, depending on which version you're reading. But, uh, but I just love that whole nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, recently I hosted or hosted the quiz of the uh, Alan Partridge Festival, the first in the world in Norwich uh, this October, just gone. And um, yeah, just a whole fan community there, seeing how they fancy dressed and just the knowledge that everyone has is brilliant. Have you still got the peephole Pringle? I've, yeah, I've got it in the loft. You got it in the loft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's on, that's up in the loft, but the, the leather pants I've, I'm wearing a lot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right then. So, Neil, what's your number one then? It is Phoenix Knights. Wow. Um, so Alan Partridge didn't even make it into your top ten. No, sadly, it was it was in there. It dropped out, and again. I'm not going to dwell on it too much. There's a few things that have put me away from the Alan Partridge thing a little bit, but Phoenix Knights for uh, about the last 10 years has probably been my favorite sitcom. I watch it regularly. It still gives me the same amount of belly laughs as when I first watched it on channel four, when it came out series one is by far better than series two, but series two is still strong. Um, it went downhill with Max and Paddy. There was moments and everything, but I think it's just the, to me, the perfect sitcom. It has everything that I wanted, everything that makes me laugh. Um, and it's a shame that he won't re-release it so we can see it a bit more HD and digital. But, yeah, that is weird. I mean, I will yeah. say, that, yeah, it's one of my favourites. Uh, obviously not in my top 10, but... Mm, it's just, uh, to me, like I said, I watch it so regularly. You can watch them on YouTube, but the quality is bad. Um, but yeah, just so funny, and I'm so glad I got the DVDs. But they're kept with kid gloves now because you can't get it anymore. Well, I've got it digitally. I downloaded it, you know, from spurious sources, but very right. good quality. Yeah. So if anyone wants it, just let me know. Oh, there you but go. Have they, have they not got it on like iTunes and stuff? Like no, that? it's not on four on demand or anything. And I, I was might, reading I might... that he won't re-release it. I might send you a, te- a text message after this, then, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, Brian Potter is fucking genius, funny to me. Um, You know, we sort of remember those sort of working clubs. They weren't as quite as popular down here as they were up north, but we had one in Siren, didn't we? We had a couple. You still have Meringue. They're there. Yeah. Yeah, And it it just reminds me of everything. And it's, yeah, yeah, just pure fun from start to finish. And... (coughs) Excuse me, and those bits in um, the end, the auditions, yeah, are just as funny as the, what was in the show. We we'll never listen to Nelly the Elephant ever the same again. Ah, uh, dear, wonderful things. Right, my number one uh, has already been mentioned by I think it was Ross mentioned it, and another one. I'm oh no, sorry, it was your number three as well, Neil mm. Blackadder. Yeah, um, I was surprised. I, I watched I think series four. Um, about a month ago and it's just so well written um Mm. even even the first series again is not up to the strength i don't think they really found their feet and i think it was it was too um i think um rowan atkinson had a bit too much to do with the writing of the first series didn't he and i think richard curtis and ben elton took it over a little bit ben elton wasn't part of the first series. that's right that's right but again so well written great characters and um just well it is my favorite my favorite sitcom so if we had to pin you down to a series what series would be your favorite i think it'd be series it's either two or four for me um but i think series two 
Mm. I just think that's the most rewatchable one. And that's the one that we were all quoting at school, wasn't it? When yeah, it came exactly. out again. Yeah. Yeah. And it was what last <laughs> so it was, Yeah. With uh, with Queenie and Nursey and uh, Yeah. Tom Baker, who still gives me the biggest belly laugh. There's a woman's legs, my lord. (laughs) I bet you've never had seven sailors tossing in that purse. Oh, fantastic stuff. Right, so there's our top tens. Um, uh, Did you have some honourable mentions, Ross, you said you had in your... Well, um, this country, none of us had in our top tens. To me, I was thinking about that. It's too fresh. We've uh, I'm the same as Pav. We're too dissected and too involved in it that it's sort of become different at the moment. I'm sort yeah. of, I, I don't find it that funny anymore because we've just done so much on it. It's not to say it's not, and it'll probably in ten years' time be in the list. I would imagine. But I'm I'm quite refreshed actually that none of us have it in our top ten because mm. we we all have a massive respect and love for it. Um, and it is very very good it's really high quality mm. and you know it's on the long list for sure um yeah. but there's some classics on, the, on this list and um outside of this country i had derek and extras in the and, and afterlife in the device set i had the royal family mm. uh, steel game a scottish comedy yeah, that's very really funny still i love i think it's brilliant uh, good night sweetheart and um and detectorists and then i had fraser and cheers on the american shortlist and on where was Mrs. Brown's boys on your? Then that was number ten, wasn't it? No, oh, no. You... oh, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's we'll just go through some of the honourable mentions that were sent through. So on Twitter <laughs> at Nick Boyd Guitar, hello Nick. He had spaced, which was on my like list yeah. of twenty, I think. The Office, Alan Partridge, Seinfeld, Curb, Father Ted, Fools and Horses. Don't know what order they'd be in mind. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Nick. Uh, at Andy McEwen, one bottom Blackadder trailer park boys. Yeah, Canadian, if it's allowed. Right now, has anybody seen? Uh, oh God, I forgot his name. Who's the guy that used to be the Crystal Palace chairman and owner? Uh, Simon. Surname? Reed? No. Simon something. It is Simon someone? Have you seen him lately with his glasses? He looks just like the the guy from Trailer Park Boys with the glasses. <laughs> Yeah, he does. If you'd go on YouTube and look at the, it's Simon. Oh God, oh, it's Simon Jordan. Simon Jordan and Jim White. They do a morning show on talk radio, and they'll have clips of videos. And it, I can't remember what the guy's name is in Trailer Park Boys. Name is it Bubble or something like that? Oh, Bubble. Yeah, with upside down glasses. Yeah, he looks just like that. <laughs> he looks just like that. Um, anyway, Andy McEwen one also says uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Stu Grant says Kirby enthusiasm. Phoenix Knight uncle. Anyone heard of Uncle? Yes, I did. That was with um oh, what's the name of the comedian? Oh, we're good on anyway, names anyway. tonight, and we we're good on names. Yeah, oh um, god, you know, I'll leave that with you, Neil. Tim, you can... uh, I think it's oh, was it? No, no, it's not. Uh, but I, I can't think of his name now. Uh, okay, no, no, Fraser. Uh, everyone, uh, everybody loves Raymond. Open all hours, porridge, man down, and how do I forget Father Ted? It's literally in the image that was on the. Uh, oh yeah. The image that I put up. Um, Adam Oakin said, Everyone loves Raymond, or everybody loves Raymond. Only Fools and Horses, Friends, Steptoe and Son, Faulty Towers and Fraser, Sean Robbins, Peep Show, uh, How I Met Your Mother, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Parks and Rec is another one if you get a chance to watch it, to watch that. Uh, Office US, Office UK, Veep, which is another funny one. Oh, yeah. Dinosaurs, which I'm assuming is the old 
Jim Henson. Jim Henson one. Jim Henson one. Think of it. And two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. I've never heard of that one. Nor me. Uh, Mary Walker James says, nothing American, thank you. <laughs> Not a title, it's just a personal choice. Porridge, The Good Life, Phoenix Light, Phoenix Knights, The Royal Family, Some Mothers Do Have Them. Oh, I used to love that. The yeah. Vicar of Dibley, Only Fools and Horses, Gavin and Stacey, Steptoe and Son and One Foot in the Grave. And Miranda Sim, uh, oh, Miranda Sim said, This Country, Detectorists, Alan Partridge, Nighty Night, Kath and Kim, 15 Stories High. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, that that's, is, um, that is Sean Locke. Sean Locke, yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, Stath Let's Flats, Brass Eye, of course. Oh, it wasn't uh, a sitcom, though, was it? Was that been, no, I wouldn't say it was a sitcom. No, Mighty Boosh, no, People Just Do Nothing, Camping. That's uh, Julia yeah, Davis, that's isn't it? Oh, is that's it? Right. Yeah. Uh, Ghosts, Catterick, which is, which is really yeah. and Bob. Uh, Thick of It, Early Doors, Grandma's House. I've not heard of that, that one. That was Simon Amstel. Oh, was it? Oh, he right, wrote okay. it, yeah, yeah. Right, Marion... Rebecca Front's in that, actually. Oh, is she? Right, yeah. Marion and Jeff. Yeah, yeah that's Rob Bryden. That's very funny. Uh, and Human Remains. Andrea Adams uh, says, Phoenix Knights, Max and Paddy's Road to Nowhere, Alan Partridge, some mothers do have them, Only Fools and Horses, Gavin and Stacey, Royal Family, The Cockfields. Uh, that's normally where you hang out, isn't it, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> isn't, that that, isn't that that dance festival thing? And this kind of now the Cockfields is uh, what's the name of the comedian with the big beard? Joe Wilkinson. Oh, oh yeah, it's it's that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so thank you very much for all of your uh, feedback on that. Um, well, there we go. Yeah, Ross, you've done it again. You've done it again. You've um, <laughs> you've given us ten of your best, <laughs> which we absolutely love. Um, how's things going with you? How's the podcast going? Are you still? I haven't done one since Trevor Cooper, I think might have been the last one. Um, just because of work getting so busy and right. finding the time to engage with people and COVID's just been relentless. So I haven't yeah, haven't carried on yet, but hopefully I'll get, get going again pretty soon. I hope. Wonderful. Yeah. There you go. Everyone Perfect. needs to listen to your dulcet tones, young man. Yes. <laughs> There's never enough Ross. <laughs> never enough Ross. Um, before we actually get on to um all the how you can get hold of us and everything, we need to mention two Patreons, two new Patreons. Um, Crystal Waters. Hello, Crystal. Lovely I mean, name. It's a lovely name. I mean, it's a beautiful name. I mean, it sounds like a porn name, doesn't it? <laughs> <To be fair. laughs> Crystal Waters. But thank you, Crystal. Um, and you're going to be a guest on the podcast uh, very soon. So you can have a go at me for saying that your name is a porn name. Uh, and also Robin Eureka. Oh, like that. That's another, I mean, a very exotic name. They, they are mm. both from the other side of the pond. So thank you very much for supporting us. Um, and thank you very much. Uh, Robin's also going to become uh, going to be a guest on the podcast in a future episode. So we can't wait to chat to those uh, lovely, lovely people. Thank you so much. Uh, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get hold of us and how they can get involved in Patreon? Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys, for your support. You can find us on all the social medias at Top 10 Pods. Come and give us a like, click, whatever it is you do on those. Email us at top10pods at hotmail.com on what top 10s you'd like to see, hear or do. And then you can come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods. 
where you can get rewards such as our episode super early bonus episodes behind the scenes and even a chance to be a guest on your own episode like those two did or, or, or are going to be check out all the links via link tree you can find the link in the show notes and please subscribe leave us a rating review on apple Podcasts, or subscribe and follow on spotify stitcher or wherever else you may get your podcast from there you go was i right ross or was i right you were right about Simon Jordan. He does look exactly <laughs> like him. <laughs> I'll, send you, I'll send you the picture, Neil. And oh, for, please do. For our YouTube, uh, our YouTube viewers, I will pop that picture up right now. So you can see that they do look amazingly similar. Um, Ross, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Yes, Thanks thank you, Ross. Again. And we will, we will have you back if you want to come back. We'll find another yeah. 10 that we can squabble over. Yes, please do. Wonderful. Uh, thank you, you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, Pav. Thank you. Let's uh, let's just go and start the countdown. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.